Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales, and today we are going to talk about having successful selling conversations, even if you're a very sensitive person who has trouble with things like confrontation and asking for the things that you want. <laughs> but before we get into that, I would like to invite you to get to know yourself a little bit more. I created a thing called the Superpower Quiz, and it's to help you understand who you are and what the water is that you swim in. Frequently, we have this feeling as we wake up and we've got this urgency of a mission on us, and we think that, well, but I don't know what to do, or I don't have any gifts, and I don't know where I'm going. And this quiz is here to help you see the water that you swim in to give you a better idea of what your mission is because a lot of times it's so obvious that we don't catch on to it. <laughs> it's just the air that surrounds us. So take uh, 60 seconds, go to superpowerquiz.us and find out a little bit more about who you are and why you're here. And on that note, I'm going to introduce our guest for today. Heather Dominic is a woman who is impressively successful and highly sensitive. A former high school drama teacher who collaborated with none other than Bette Mittler, a graduate of NYU where she received her first coaching training. Heather is the winner of the 2015 Best of Manhattan Coaching Award and creator of the 2014 Stevie Award winning virtual event a Course in Business Miracles, a 21-day discovery series that attracted close to 6,000 official registrants from around the world, including Iceland, Nigeria, Russia, Asia, South America, Australia, Europe, and the U.S. Europe. Europe. <laughs> she has appeared on Lifetime Television and has been published in numerous books, including Stepping Stones to Success alongside Deepak Chopra. She's an exceptional facilitator and teacher and known for creating a safe, sacred environment for true transformation, whether delivering training online or in person. Since 2010, Heather has taught thousands of highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders from around the globe how to release lifelong limiting beliefs, overcome fears, and develop new leadership skills in order to make more impact and more income with less effort by doing things differently. Welcome, Heather. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. Oh, thank you so much. I am so looking forward to our conversation today. Oh my God, me too. <laughs> um, before we go too deep into our conversation, I have a lot of things I want to talk to you about as a highly sensitive person. Um, I, I read these amazing bios, but I like to kind of dig in to the before times. What, what was life before you became, un, what I want to say, aware of the fact that you're a highly sensitive person and that you needed to approach things differently? Mm -hmm. Life was very challenging. <laughs> <laughs> For example. <laughs> yes. Um, 
so learning that I was highly sensitive really just changed everything for me. It was definitely a before and an after. Before, in my previous career as a high school drama and English teacher, I absolutely, um, I just adored the work that I did. I loved my students deeply. And yet I was just consistently exhausted, worn out, a sense of overwhelm, overwork. I felt like I could never really kind of catch up, catch a break. I couldn't maintain a romantic relationship to save my life. And, And I remember when I received the kind of inspiration to start my own business And I thought, well, I think maybe that'll change some things, you know, I'll Mm -hmm. no longer have to commute, I won't be in this, you know, what can be a very, um, sometimes toxic system in regards to the public school system. And to some degree that that was correct. Um, and being self-employed comes with a whole bunch of challenges. So I always like to say that if you are interested or invested in a path of personal growth, start a business because Oh yeah. <laughs> Everything you've been ignoring will rush to the forward. That's exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. And that was exactly what happened. So, you know, those first six to seven years or so, um, no surprise, super challenging. Yeah. Um, Can you dig into that a little bit? What were some of the first things that showed up for you that you went, oh my gosh, this is not what I thought it was going to (laughs) be? Yes. Well, again, in those, in those early years, I still did not know that I was highly sensitive. So I brought all of my, you know, lack of awareness and my coping mechanisms with me, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just the old, you take yourself wherever you go. I was also faced immensely with um, my money story, which I had never really looked at um, very um, clearly or deeply or yeah. well when you're way. when you're in corporate or in the system uh you're not encouraged to look at your money story no. your money is all about things that are outside of you and your qualifications right. and that kind of stuff and it that's yeah. not a truth <laughs> yes and there's really no reason to right it kind of feels like oh it's not really in my control and so all of that came rushing front and center. And uh, again, I was overworked and overwhelmed and overexhausted and, um, and working really, really hard. And at the point where I really feel like I entered into, I would definitely say afterwards, I can say it was a dark night of the soul. Um, Just questioning if I was meant to be self-employed and if I if this was what business success was like, I wasn't really sure it was for me. And if I wasn't going to do this, then what was I going to do? And just a lot of questioning and deep, deep inquiry. And that what, was what, what was led. the perpetual or the impetus for that uh, dark night of the soul. There's usually a straw that breaks the camel's back. And he's just like, Oh my God. Absolutely. So at that time I had generated the most money I'd ever generated in my business. And I had the lowest net that I ever had in my business. Oh. So I had worked my bum off 
to create something that looked good on paper um, that was in no way absolutely providing for my needs. I don't even know if I knew what my needs were at that time. And again, I was just, I was burnt. I was, I was, I was like washed up on the shore in terms of my physical energy, my physical well-being, my health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Oh my goodness. So what what was like your turning point during this dark night? I wow. I love that you arrived in a dark night because a lot of times we're looking for this signal, this light, and you can only really see the light in the dark a lot of times. Yeah, it's very, very well said. Well, again, I was, you know, really in a lot of deep inquiry. And as part of that, I was led to Dr. Elaine Aaron, who is mm -hmm. the author and one of the forefront researchers on what it means to be a highly sensitive person. And I had never heard that term or the phrase at that time. I didn't know what it meant. When I learned what it meant, um, it was as if multiple light bulbs went off. And, and what does it mean? Since yes. So what it means to be highly sensitive, uh, first of all, again, it does come from a solid psychological, physiological, and scientific research. And what it means is that you're, if you are highly sensitive, your nervous system is wired to take in stimulation at a much higher degree than someone who's not highly sensitive. Mm -hmm. And that could be anything from sight, sound, touch, smells, energy, information. And so something that might be maybe slightly stimulating to someone who's not highly sensitive, a highly sensitive person will most likely experience an extreme stimulation. And when you don't know how to manage your nervous system, or what I've come to refer to as train your nervous system, then everything can just feel extremely overwhelming. And overwhelming, not in the kind of mainstream running to-do list, multitasking overwhelm, but literally like a flooding of your physical system. Yeah, overwhelm. it's just too much input overwhelm. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Quick yeah. question before we pick up with your story, because my husband has one area in which I would consider him particularly sensitive, and that's in the, the area of sound. Like my phone is always on silent because it makes him crazy if it makes any kind of notification noises. Um, and we just had a conversation today. He's like, you really need to close the door when you go to the bathroom because I hear it flush every time and it wakes me up. It's like, okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's kind of interesting. We have a very quiet household because of that, but the noise doesn't bother me. Although mm -hmm. there are a lot of other things that bother me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So is the question like, how does the question is, are we both highly sensitive people, just highly sensitive in different ways or? 
Most likely. And what's great is that, you know, there are quizzes and assessments that are available that will help you to be able to identify. I know for myself, I've created um, an assessment specifically for highly sensitive entrepreneurs that shows you on kind of like a spectrum where mm. you fall. Okay. Um, so it's not necessarily so you know, definitive or, or one. It's not, yeah. On or mm -hmm. off. It's kind of. Spectrum. That's right. That's okay. right. Yes. Yes. Cool. So mm -hmm. you heard this description of being highly sensitive and went, Oh, me. <laughs> yes. Yes. I and did. So how did that change things for you? Well, you know, first I did some um, direct work with Dr. Aaron just so that I could like really understand, you know, what, what this really was about. And the more that I did come to understand, I really started to see how just about everything I had set up in my life was counterintuitive to what my nervous system needed really to be needs. working. Yeah, Optimally. right. Exactly. So I just really started going about um, kind of looking at everything differently and seeing, um, oh, okay, this doesn't mean that I can't necessarily own a business or it doesn't mean that I can't market a business or sell as part of being self-employed or operate a business. It just means that I'm going to have to go about all of this differently. And so that's what I set out to do. And that's what I've continued to do, you know, over the last decade or so and um, continue to develop the work and share it with others. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So what was like the first thing that appeared on your radar that you went, this has got to change? Yes, I would definitely say my schedule. Um, so I, at the time was working under so much of the guidance that I was receiving from more traditional business trainings and coaching. And there was a real, um, emphasis on, you know, hustle and, and um, you got to put in the sweat equity, um, and you know, you have the ability to like set your schedule. So you can be up at five and you can, you know, get more done by eight than, you know, anyone in the non self employed I mean, just on and on and on. And all of that was completely counterintuitive, um, to <laughs> really what I needed for myself to be most productive. So I really started looking at my schedule differently. And I also started looking at what do I actually want to create versus what I'm just being told I'm supposed to be creating. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, we are coming up on our first break already. Can you believe it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Everybody who's out there joining us in listener land today, I would invite you to grab your pen and grab your paper and spend a few minutes thinking about what are the places in your life that rub like a shoe that doesn't fit right and make a little list of those things that are just continual irritants and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827. And let me know, how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. 
Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am still here with Heather Dominic. And before we went to break, Heather was saying that her schedule was one of the first things that she looked at as an opportunity to make her self-employment journey a more pleasant place. I, I know when I started on the self-employment journey, I brought a lot of corporate into it with me because that's the world I came out of. Um, and I too have discovered some places where it just doesn't fit me well. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the things that you chose to change about your schedule? Well, first of all, I just dove in, dug in to really understand what my circadian rhythm is. Mm. And, um, you know, I appreciate that you spoke to like having a more pleasant experience. I don't know if I was really aware of it being a more pleasant experience at the time, but what I was aware of is, okay, like where do I do my best work? Because Mm. before this, this does not feel like I'm doing my best work. I feel like I'm, I'm constantly fighting against myself. So that was really my aim. And what I came to discover is, um, you know, I kind of joke because, you know, people often talk about like, are you a morning person or are you an evening person? And I like to say I'm a middle of the day person. <laughs> well, and there are middle of the day people. <laughs> yes. So um, that is when I do my best work. So if I'm going to be connecting with someone, if I'm going to be having a conversation like, like you and I are right Right now, I do best if that's happening in the middle of the day. Um, So I started rearranging my schedule. And unlike others um, who maybe do best, you know, connecting for an early morning call with a client, um, that was never me, that will never be me. And I will also never be connecting with a client at the end of the day. So that's just one example. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's really important, I find, to respect that Um, because I I have times of the day where I'm better with some activities than others. If I need to be doing like super creative, uh, connect the dots, detail kind of work, that's my first thing in the morning stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to talk to anybody until I'm through that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes. And again, uh, for those of us who are highly sensitive, if we are going to be self-employed, it's so, so imperative that, you know, we, we understand how we work best and we set up uh, as much as we can in regards to business operations to support that. Otherwise, you're 
pretty much setting yourself up for, you know, just like an ongoing torturous experience. Yeah, exactly. Well, my last boss was a dick. So I I promised myself that this boss will be better. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Very good. (laughs) She's been a much more cool employer. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Love that. So I... I heard through the grapevine that you feel that most normal productivity hacks don't work for people who are in this highly sensitive zone. Mm-hmm. Um, give me an example of one of these hacks and why it doesn't work. Well, you know, first of all, I feel like a lot of hacks are developed by people who are not highly sensitive. And this is probably a good place to mention that the research shows that. of us in the world are highly sensitive. So the probability is automatically kind of stacked against being a person who's highly sensitive. Right. (laughs) You know, again, most of the, I like to say the majority of the world is designed for people who are not highly sensitive. Um, So, you know, there's productivity hacks such as, you know, setting a timer, um, you know, uh, 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off, um, uh, you know, setting up uh, schedules um, so that you aren't answering the phone or, or taking a look at email. And there aren't necessarily things about that that can't work for highly sensitives, but there typically is just missing the element of that overstimulation. So for example, Mm -hmm. say the 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off, that can be very discombobulating for a person who's highly sensitive. That's so funny that you bring that one up because I'm in a business group and I, we put together a working pod, right? Because mm-hmm. I I work well with structure, but not rigidity. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've got this Zoom call that, that gets opened at a certain time and closed at a certain time. And we were initially doing like the countdown timer for 20 minutes and the entire group went, I, I'm just finally getting my head in the game after 20 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's go for like 45. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it tends to often take us who are highly sensitive longer to process. Um, again, because you're you're working with the nervous system to reduce stimulation. So there's, again, nothing wrong with that, except the other 80%, especially pre-pandemic, tend to really uh, emphasize doing as much as you can, as quickly as you can. And that doesn't necessarily work, but that doesn't mean that as a highly sensitive, you can't be creative and productive. You absolutely can, and you will, when you really learn how you work best. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know a lot of highly sensitive people who, who, what do I want to say? They almost take it on as like a disability. I'm, I'm highly sensitive. I can't fill in the blank, have a converse, confrontation with somebody. I can't be a leader. I can't blah, 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 fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the secret to turning this sensitivity into a strength and allowing yourself to step into some of these spaces that previously you went, well, I don't fit in that box. Mm -hmm. Yes. I so appreciate this question. So first of all, you have to want it. 
you have to really want more of an experience of empowerment versus victimhood. And that isn't necessarily for everyone and there's nothing wrong with that and that's okay. However, for those of us who are highly sensitive, who do desire that empowerment, then once you're clear that that is something that you do want and you do desire, then the next step is really digging in and really doing what I like to refer to as the real work to understand what you, who you are, how you're made up and what you need to operate at your best. So for example, in the highly sensitive leadership training programs that I've developed, um, no matter what leadership track you assess into, every leadership track starts with eight orientation trainings. And those orientation trainings are all about learning how to manage and work with your nervous system. Mm. And so I appreciate that you mentioned the word strength because one of the trainings uh, within that orientation period is starting to understand, oh, wait, what are the top 12 highly sensitive shadows and where do I tend to you know, default to that shadow behavior? And then what do I need to do to start to shift that behavior, starting with shifting my thoughts, changing neural pathways to then be able to access the strengths that are available. Now that's, you know, that's no small feat. That is not, you know, read a couple of pages and the change has occurred. Yeah, no, (laughs) Right. this is some deep stuff here. Right. So again, it has to go back to, you really want that for yourself. You really want it. And what I find is most who are called to be self-employed, who are highly sensitive, that word call is very, very important. There tends to be a sense of a calling for the highly sensitive to provide some type of service to the world. Um, And typically in the form of healing, although it might not look like traditional healing. And if there's that call, then it's going to, it's going to nudge you. It's going to nudge you. It's It's going to nag at you. Yes. That's right. It's it's like a three-year-old that wants a toy. (laughs) Yes, that's right. And so that becomes more important than the, you know, oh, I can't because I'm highly sensitive. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. see that. I can definitely see that. Mm -hmm. Now, highly sensitive leader, a lot of people would see this as an oxymoron because I think the, what I want to say, the society standard for leadership tends to be this like, almost megalomaniac, uh, narcissistic, power-hungry person. Mm -hmm. Uh, So tell me what you mean by highly sensitive leader, because clearly it's not this narcissistic type. No, it is not. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, first of all, I think the timing uh, in terms of, let me say the times that we're living in right now are... um, are really conducive for highly sensitive leadership. Everything is being questioned and there is a recognition that that more societal definition or um, experience of leadership is 
is starting to, you know, it's starting to no longer fit the bill, if you will. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's, there's a, a desire, a cry, a call for a different kind of leadership. So that's first and foremost. From there, um, what I'll say is that highly sensitive leadership doesn't necessarily mean only leadership over others, right? There's there's a theory of four different types of leadership um, that is definitely not designed by me. And those leadership definitions are power over or leadership over, power to or leadership to, power with, leadership with, power within, leadership within. Hmm. So for those of us who are highly sensitive, sometimes for some, you know, some members in the Business Miracles community and the highly sensitive leadership training programs, their focus is leadership within. To start to learn how to be the leader of their own life. That is that path of empowerment that we were talking about before. Oh yeah. Those who are highly sensitive, who do feel the call to lead others tend as highly sensitives towards those leadership powers of with and those leadership powers of two. Mm -hmm. So the leadership power with is a real focus on collaboration. And Mm -hmm. I can talk about why our strengths as highly sensitives are just so poised to lead with, and then the same to um, lead to, right? Which is that you are empowering others. So, you know, we can definitely go more in depth, but that's a a good start to a reframe and why highly sensitives really truly are set up to be leaders if they choose, if they choose. I love that. I love that. Um, I know a lot of highly sensitive people struggle with overwhelm. How do, mm-hmm. how do you start to work your way out of the overwhelm situation because of all the, like the sensitivity input and then all of the demands yes. and the hats that come along with being an entrepreneur? <laughs> yes, absolutely. You have to start with the overwhelm. That is a top shadow. So it goes back to those orientation trainings that I was mentioning before, where we do dive into, again, what are those shadows versus those strengths, but also diving into what I refer to as uh, the highly sensitive coping mechanisms, where we provide an assessment that helps you to understand which coping mechanism you tend to default to. Mm. There's three that I've identified. You tend to either default towards the coping mechanism of pushing, Mm -hmm. the coping mechanism of hiding, or the coping mechanism of combo plattering, which means that you flip flop back and forth between the two. Yeah, I'd be a combo platter kind of, I think. (laughs) Because I, I, I catch myself pushing and then it's like, fuck it. I'm just going away. (laughs) Yes. That's very, very common, very common. And why that's so helpful to understand is, is first because there's the recognition of, oh, no one really taught us 
how to operate effectively as Mm -hmm. people who are highly sensitive. So it makes sense that we just naturally developed these coping mechanisms to try to fit in with the other 80%. And those coping mechanisms got us so far, but we need to be able to go beyond coping into creating in order to be those entrepreneurs and leaders. And so then there's also the teaching and training on what I refer to as the coping cycle and how you get caught in that coping cycle and then how you can get out of that. I would like to dig into that a little bit more. We are up on our second break already. So (laughs) we'll put a pin in that. Uh, Those of you who are out there listening to us, spend a couple minutes, look at which of those three buckets did you fit into uh, when it comes to overwhelm? Do you do you push? Do you disappear? Do you alternate between the two? And uh, hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827. And let me know, how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renee Morales, and I'm still here with Heather Domic, and we are discussing overwhelm for the highly sensitive entrepreneur, which I think is is like the elephant in the room for many of us. We try and pretend that we're all right. Uh, we fall into coping patterns sometimes. How do we break out of those cycles when you're disappearing from the world? That's This is why I love automation, because I can disappear from the world, but it looks like I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, again, it goes back to first really starting to understand or or even before understanding being aware of the coping mechanism that you tend to default to. Um, again, for so many of us, it was just a way that we literally coped in the world. So most likely you've never thought about it before. I know for myself, when I really started to dive in and I started to identify these types of coping behaviors, it just really lit up my whole sense of self and understanding. And it's almost like I would start to have these out-of-body experiences where I would watch myself pushing through tasks And so again, it's that awareness, it's that understanding. And then from that understanding, you can start to move into knowing. Um, And that movement into knowing occurs by making very deliberate and conscious choices and actions where you start to change the behavior. Yeah. And so 
with that understanding, you can start to catch yourself in the coping cycle, which I'll, um, (laughs) I, I will, I will see this pattern in myself with the pushing, like you were talking about. It's like, I've got this project it's rolling. It's clicking along. I'm, I've, I'm, getting there i've got this projection oh well i'm going to be done ahead of time and and the this thought that i'm going to be done ahead of time is like my warning that i'm about to face plant <laughs> there you go there you go so that's a beautiful understanding right yeah and then through that understanding again you can start to when you catch it make different choices and then take different actions. And then that is how the pattern begins to shift and how we get ourselves out of the coping cycle. Yeah. Um, what yeah. do you, how, how do you approach yourself when you see yourself in the coping cycle? Because we all have like this parental voice in our head that is not always very friendly. Yes, for sure. Um, Yeah, we have a whole uh, teaching and training all about the super ego voice, right, which is that that voice internally that is unfriendly, as you said. Um, So even just that, right, like just being like, oh, wait, I don't have to listen to that voice. Right? I recognize and, and, that voice. <laughs> starting to, to have a different conversation with that voice. But back to the coping cycle, I think the most important part of the coping cycle uh, when I'm teaching it is I always emphasize that the first half of the cycle happens typically so quickly. It can be like mm-hmm. nanoseconds. Um, so I think it's valuable to speak about that first half of the cycle, which is there's something that typically triggers a highly sensitive into the coping cycle. And from that trigger, uh, you tend to hit, you know, anxiety, fear, and lack of safety pretty quickly. And from that lack of safety, you go right into the coping mechanism. Yeah. And the coping mechanism is at the bottom of the cycle. So part of what can start to change getting caught in the cycle is starting to understand more about your own personal triggers. And they're different for everyone, but the minute you start to shine a light on them, and it sounds like you were even, you know, speaking for yourself that a potential trigger into pushing for you might be, oh, I'm just about to get it done. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost there. (laughs) Almost there. And so understanding those triggers helps us to be able to catch ourselves before we even go into the cycle, but you can also catch yourself at any time in the cycle and take yourself out and make it a different choice. Um, and, you know, one of the tools that I teach is what I refer to as energy management and different tools that help support managing your energy. So even if you find yourself thrown into the cycle, but you catch it, then you can turn to an energy management tool and that will support you in starting to shift the pattern. Hmm. For, for example, what would be a, an energy management tool that would be? So the, the way that I teach energy management specifically really is about putting pen to paper. And the reason why is because it, it, it does activate that, that kinesthetic shift. Um, and so in that way, the energy management tools I teach are different than say, although effective tools, such as for sure, like meditation, right. Or, um, you know, even sometimes physical movement, although that can be really helpful as well. When you take pen to paper, what you're setting up is again, that kinesthetic shift, but a kinesthetic shift 
that creates a, a trackable trail. Mm. So um, various tools that I teach, but for example, one is what we refer to as the belief transformation tool that takes you through this process starting with identifying a limiting belief and then also an ideal belief and kind of what happens between the two. But again, that pen to paper is so valuable because let's say you do a belief transformation tool for seven days. At the end of that seven days, you literally can look back and it's like you have a map that's Mm -hmm. tracking that shift. And that I have found to be such an imperative piece to really being able to shift the way that we get caught in the cycle and the way that we default to those coping mechanisms. And it's really, it really helps, I think, to highlight what has actually happened because we have this tendency to be in the present moment and think this is how it's always been. That's right. Um, Which is why with clients, I've always done like this line in the sand survey before we start to work together. Mm. because then you've got something you can go back to that's right you know x many sessions down the road and go oh my god it, i really have shifted <laughs> yes exactly exactly and then it changes the 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 default right it yeah. literally begins to to change those uh, neural pathways mm-hmm. and you get to give yourself an girl that you otherwise probably wouldn't have given yourself Absolutely. Because you would tell yourself, oh, nothing has changed. Yeah, right? I know. I'm, I'm still, yeah. Mm-hmm. F- fill in the list of things that you're still, that you didn't That's shift. Right. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love that. So what, uh, what are you offering out into the world right now? How are you, how are people engaging with your work? Yes. So um, we're, we're just really um, so proud of the programming that we have. There's just so much that goes into, you know, really consistently assessing and um, reassessing and up-leveling the work. And the primary way that we do support highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders is what we refer to as the highly sensitive leadership training programs. Um, so they're, they're very in-depth programs. And as I spoke about, you know, such as like that orientation training and, um, some again, really attentive, um, attentive, uh, deliberate design of what is needed for a highly sensitive to truly be able to excel and transform within, uh, within a process and then therefore within a program. So that's, that's really, um, yeah, again, something I'm super proud of and the primary way that we are of service in the world right now. Beautiful. What are some of the most common things you see preventing highly sensitive people from really stepping into their leadership, whether it's in their life or their business or their career? So, you know, two primary is um, just natural, good old human resistance. And (laughs) then also, you know, what I like to refer to as the highly sensitive reactions to change. Mm -hmm. So those are two areas that, you know, a highly sensitive really needs to give some attention to because it all goes back to that lack of safety, right? Mm -hmm. For most of us as highly sensitives, unconsciously or not so unconsciously, we have experienced a lack of safety 
at some point in our experience. And for many of us, that lack of safety, so much so to the degree of trauma. So there is a retraining that is needed to be able to open up the space uh, for the strengthening of that sense of safety. And that's why one of the things that I say all the time is such a key, key element for creating success for those of us who are highly sensitive is aligned community. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, the three pillars to all of our programming is community, core practice, and consistency. But that community piece, I just hear feedback over and over and over again of how valuable it is for our members to be in a community where they are understood, where they are safe to be seen. And Uh, nobody's going to tell them to just get over it. That's right. That does not happen. Um, Uh, And it's transformative. Just that alone is, is incredibly healing. And I know that it could possibly be you know, hard to understand for someone who's just listening in, but once the experience is had, it literally is like this, um, you know, the secret ingredient, if you will, that that allows for all of the other um, pieces to fall into place and all the other actions that need to be taken um, as a person who's self-employed to just happen that much more easily. I love that. Now, I know you brought a gift with you for the listeners today. What did you bring with you? Well, I think what would be super helpful based on what we've been talking about is um, I have what I like to refer to as a starter kit, and it is all about um, how coping keeps you captive and how to really be able to shift out of that. Um, And part of what's in that starter kit is that coping mechanism assessment that I spoke to earlier as well as an audio training transcript and some other uh, resource tools as well. So um, yeah, if anyone's been resonating with our conversation today, I sense that would be really helpful. That would be marvelous. And as always, you can find that at sovereignself.media. She'll be up at the top of the speaker gifts page. You can uh, get a hold of the starter kit there if you would like to discover more about her work, her programs, her website, get in contact with her. All that information is available there. That is fabulous. So Mm -hmm. in the last 60 seconds or so we have today, tell what are your final words of wisdom for the folks out there who are like, oh my God, I don't even want to think about leadership. Just being in this world is overwhelming. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, yes, it's true. (laughs) We are living through some intense times, but one of the things that I feel like I've really come to know more deeply than ever over these last, you know, two years or so is that Um, Those of us who are here right now are here on purpose. Those of us who are here right now who are highly sensitive are here with a purpose. And I truly believe that those of us who are highly sensitive, the way that our nervous system is uniquely coded is positioning us to truly, truly add to the healing of the world, the healing that the world needs right now. That doesn't need to be big. It doesn't need to uh, be something that, you know, uh, just throws you into that overwhelm, but it can really just be about that knowing of yourself and making those choices of how it is that you show up genuinely in the world. That will be you doing your part. 
That's beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you you so much. Thank you to everyone out there joining us. If you have any questions or comments that you would like to share about this topic, the show, or future topics you'd like to see, drop me a quick line at askzofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 